So I was like, oh, it's 630. It's okay to start drinking now. Nah, it was five there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Daylight savings like, time strikes again. God, I hate it so much, but I love it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, can we just talk about how useless daylight savings time is? It's utterly useless. And I hate it the most because the job that I work, I wake up at 4 a.m. and leave for work. I go in when it's dark and then I come home when it's dark because I don't get off work until 6 p.m. So I'm just like, what the fuck is this kind of life? Like, oh, yeah. So you're just per you're essentially just a vampire at this point. Yes. You just don't exist in the light and you're totally fine just going on and living that life. Just <laughs> unsure if the sun exists. Definitely doesn't exist in my mind. Yeah, fuck it. Who needs the sun? You're not a plant. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to photosynthesize. No photosynthesis for me. I mean, vitamin D would be good like every once in a while, but nah, that's what weekends are for. Wait, so you're Kentucky, right? Yes, sir. So do you get, how are winters? So the winters here are either extremely harsh or we don't see fucking snow at all. Okay. It's so either one or the other. <laughs> so you guys do get like fall, right? Like you do have like leaves changing and shit. Yeah, right now we're full on fall at the moment. Like my burning bushes outside are auburn red and all the trees in my backyard have orange and purple and shows how much I know. My ass has never really left Pennsylvania. So I'm like you in another <laughs> state that's like four hours away. Do you get weather down there or what? <laughs> What is up, you plebs? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, a turn to Mindstone, Tyler. And joining me this week, we have a very special guest. It is a turn one soaring Oni. Oni, what is going on, my man? Man, super hyped for this Commander Legends. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this set. This set's pretty nuts. Oh, yeah. Commander Legends is so sweet. Yeah. Just based on like everything that we've seen that's been spoiled from beginning when they gave us those little teasers with Alina and those other characters, the set's going to be nuts, especially like I'm not even huge into limited, but like this makes me want to play limited. Oh, this that limited might be the thing that I'm most excited. About. But before we jump into that, how about you give the people out there a little bit of backstory on who you are, where you come from and why you're here? So my name is Oni. I have been playing Magic since 2000, so roughly 20 years. Uh, started in Prophecy. I don't think I could tell you a single card from Prophecy off the top of my head. So the one card that always sticks out to me from Prophecy is Majetta the Lion. And I only remember it because the first pack I ever bought, and I don't know why this shop sold it, but it was a music shop. This guy sold guitars, trumpets, trombones, all kinds of stuff. Oh, he sold magic. He sold magic cards and Pokemon cards and all kinds of stuff. But I bought a pack of Prophecy and Magetta was the first rare I ever pulled. And I started playing during high school. It was freshman year, 2000. Played all through high school. My cousin was the one who got me into it. And once I hit college, I kind of took a small hiatus. And then the last year of college is when I met James and Jeremy from the Destroy Target Permanent podcast. I was like, hey, I used to play Magic. I heard you guys still play. What's going on as far as like around this area? And they invited me to the uh, Dragons of Tarkir pre-release. Oh, so never... that was like 
a good time after. Oh, yeah. And I had never played Limited before. It was always like kitchen table, throw an armadillo cloak on a random creature, hit somebody in the face, you know, really. Oh, so fun magic. Yeah. So I made friends with them, went to the Dragons of Tarkir pre-release, and it was at the same shop, ironically, that Lane went to. And that's how I met Lane Johnson, uh, the guy that I have the podcast with, the Man Rock podcast. We started playing Commander together because he introduced me to that. And I've been sucked into Commander ever since. That This is so fascinating to me that I have now collected my entire set <laughs> of <laughs> Kentucky Magic the Gathering players who also have podcasts. Yeah, you need to send us off and get us graded. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like somewhere in between like collecting all of the the planeswalkers from War of the Spark and then just collecting like human feet. That is what I have done. With you. <laughs> it's just some amalgamation of that. Yeah, they uh, those guys are great. They got me back into magic after my my hiatus and I haven't turned back. I spend way too much time on this game, but I absolutely love it. The lore, the gameplay you know, the the community aspect that it brings, especially when it comes to the commander format. And that's the thing, too. At least you guys over at the Man Rock podcast, kind of as the name suggests, you guys are primarily focused on commander itself. Oh, yeah. Now, do you you don't ever do you ever get into other formats? So I started out as a standard player there for a while. Once I got a chance to play in the uh, Dragons of Tarkir pre-release. So I didn't know about any other formats before I knew about Commander. So I started playing Standard, and then I got introduced to Modern, and I had no idea what that was. And I got sucked into Modern Hardcore, and I mm. was a Zoo is the best deck. I don't care if it's Tier 5. I'm playing nothing but Zoo, so Wild Nacodles and Goblin Guides. And I played Zoo... For a very long time until I found out what Infect was. Oh, and then you went over to the dark side. I went to the dark side hardcore and then I just jammed Infect constantly. And I still love modern. I still like standard to an extent. But once Lane introduced me to Commander, I just fell in love because it's everything that I've wanted to do with a game. I can express myself through my decks and just do the dumb shit that I wanted. And like, that's, that's something that I can actually really, really resonate with from my magic experience. Like I started off obviously as like the, the standard player, like right around like Innistrad Return or Ravnica area. I started off with that, did that segue into modern because all my cards rotated out of standard. I was like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do? And then I am very much that player that if I find like one or two decks that I really like, nothing's going to break me off from that. So I played like Jeskai Control for a while, even when it was bad. I would sometimes dabble with like the good decks in the format. Like I played twin when twin was twin. And then after that, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm sick of the deck that I'm playing getting banned or just becoming awful. I'm just going to play an awful deck. And then it never really changes. I just get to be good with this awful deck. So I started jamming spirits and blue moon. And those are the only two modern decks I think I played in a very long time. Besides like the death and taxes thing, but I've been playing death and taxes and legacy since I started playing legacy. And that's another deck you cannot get me to stop playing. I've yeah. tried other decks. I hate them. Yeah, I, I actually really like Legacy. It's just the the entry to the format has kept me from playing it. I had a very 
not optimal soldier's stompy list. I don't know if you ever remember when that deck made its made its oh, debut. Yeah. Shitty white creatures. Oh yeah, I'm very familiar with with every deck that has shitty white creatures, especially in yeah. Legacy. I absolutely love that deck, but the only person I ever got to play Legacy with was James, and he had Show and Tell, and I'll never remember my favorite Legacy game I ever got to play with him was he played Show and Tell on turn two, and he, you know, we flipped our cards upside down, so we didn't know what we had, and we flipped them over. He flipped over a Gristlebrand, and I had a Palace Jailer, so I just <laughs> exiled this. Oh, yeah. That I've never been happier in my entire life than the moments where I get to go like palace jailer for off of a snow and tell, or if they're playing like the omniscience version, I get to go Leon and relic warden and then take their omniscience. And then there's they just like, Oh, I can't win the game. This is awesome. I love magic the gathering. I'm like, yeah, me too, dude. This is the best shit ever. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I like legacy because of like the big blowout factor. And you just get to be good with a deck and it doesn't actually matter what anything else is going on. If you can do your thing, you have a fighting chance. But you mentioned with Commander that there is that that like freedom of expression. You get to do what you want. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does or what the quote unquote meta looks like for Commander because it's such a wide open format with so many different avenues. Yeah, it's Commander to me is the best way for any player to express themselves because when you go to the 60 card constructive formats and I don't have anything against 60 card constructive formats, you have a very specific meta that you have to adapt to. But with Commander, you choose your favorite janky card or your favorite overpowered card, and you get to play with those. And you can either make your deck to where you can combo out on turn three, or you're just sitting there playing a grindy game for an hour, two hours. It doesn't matter. You get to make your deck whatever you want it to be. And that's what I love about Commander. Absolutely. I think what you kind of just described... I feel like there's two faces. I guess there's two kind. There's two areas of players that play commander. There are the commander players, and then there's like the sixty card format players that also play commander. Yes. And I think those are the two different areas. And I'm an opinionated asshole, and I will. I have a lot of very strong, very firm opinions on commander, and I'll let them be known. And I will explicitly tell people that the fun that they're having is the wrong kind of fun. If they're in that category of 60 card format players playing commander, because I hate that shit. Yeah, I think whenever you compare the two, so you take a 60 card format player and then a commander player, you don't really see the difference in the beginning. But when you see the veteran commander player being able to adapt to the inconsistencies with singleton format as compared to the 60 card format player who is used to having, you know, three to four copies of the same card. Yeah, in just deck. your inherent access to those cards that you need to have to win. Yeah, the the adaptation that is given to a commander player is highly visible as compared to the 60 card player. So I agree with that. And I think up to maybe about probably the start of 2020, I was a 60 card player who would build commander decks and then like sometimes play commander. I would do it in a way that I felt was the commander way, but up until probably about six or seven months ago when like we were deep middle of COVID and I started playing commander more than any other format. That's when I made that transition into being a commander player and seeing it as it's the format in a whole, instead of just being like, this is now a commander deck. No, I'm building decks for commander now. Yeah. 
yeah the the process of building the the two different formats is completely different than... oh absolutely i just <laughs> like the i like the what's the word for? i like being able to just grab a pile of cards that i like and throw them on the table and look at them and evaluate them for a commander deck as opposed to i have to have these specific 16 cards in this 60 card deck because if i don't have these this deck doesn't operate yeah, it's like the min-maxing aspect of it. Like, you can mm-hmm. have a min-maxed commander deck, but it looks a lot different. And in practice and building the deck, that's a lot different than a 60-card deck. Yes. But before, I guess, so before we get into talking about some of the newer cards that we got from Commander Legends and talking about what we kind of want to do with that, do you have a current favorite commander? So I've talked about this before on the Manor Rock and... I swore up and down that I would never build this commander. This commander came out of Ikoria, and I knew the second that I saw it, it was completely busted. But I fell in love with it once I built it. Kenan Bonder Prodigy is by far my favorite deck. Ooh, that's a spicy one. So it's the... I'm a, I'm a green mage at heart and I fell in love with it because it does all the things that I want it to do. It lets me play big mana spells. It lets me cheat things into play. But it also gives me that aspect of blue to where I can combo if I need to. And the whole premise around the deck is I'm going to play some mana dorks. I'm going to cast some big baddies, Vorinclex, Jinkataxis, Nyx Blue Mangent. Or I'm going to cla- uh, cast a trophy mage and then go get Basalt Monolith and then just combo you. See, I really like that, though, because like Kinnan in specific... If you're going for like that, that mana rampy, like get really growth things out as fast as possible. There's other commanders that do that, like hyper efficiently, that that's the only thing that they do. Mm -hmm. This isn't the most efficient way to do it, but holy shit, is it a cool way to. Yeah, I think what appeals to me the most is the activated ability of Kinnan. It doesn't have any timing restrictions. So you just put whatever you hit off of that activation onto the battlefield. So... For instance, I've had a commander pod that I've been in, which is was a more competitive pod where someone cast a toxic deluge to kill all of my mana dorks, which are mostly one toughness creatures. I activate Kennen. I hit a crater hoof behemoth off the top, giving oh. all of my creatures plus five plus five. So they survive the toxic deluge and everyone else doesn't have a board, but I do, which that allows so me to think. Which allows me to continue to do the dumb stuff that I'm doing. So that's the reason I like the deck. It's super resilient. It lets me do dumb stuff. And that's that's why I play Commander. Let me do dumb, stupid shit. That is so cool. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. Like that, and stuff like that is why Commander's so sick. And why the Commander players that build for those cool interactions, those decks are just more fun to play against and play with. Because like I'm sure nobody at the table, when you did that, expected that to happen i'm assuming that those people probably died to you oh yeah i killed them the following turn by bouncing crater hoof back to my hand and then i think when it came down everything got plus 19 plus 19 and i killed the entire table yeah but i'm also assuming that none of those players had a bad time when that happened oh no i mean there's there's always a little bit of salt whenever someone kills the entire table especially when you're at a higher powered when everyone's playing a higher powered deck, there's a little bit of salt there, but it's because they didn't get to do the thing they want. Sure. And I guess there's an argument for that from some people, I guess that if they, 
if they're specifically sitting down at their table to do something and somebody just like early turn goes off and they didn't get to do their thing, I can understand being salty. But if it's like turn 15 and you didn't do your thing and then somebody else does their thing, you can't really be salty about that. You had plenty of time. Yeah. And and that's the thing, though, like when I did that, there were a couple of people who were salty, but there were also like two other people in the pod because it was a five player pod who were just like, that's the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in a commander pod. Like, holy crap, that was awesome. So there's the excitement that you get from the players that makes the game worth playing. The salt is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be somebody who salts a little bit, but oh, you, absolutely. you tell them, hey, I did this. It happened. Let's play another game and we can play something different. You that's that's the whole part about commander. You know, even if someone does do something very stupid early, you have the ability to let's shuffle up, play some different decks. Let's have some fun. Yeah, you could always just do it again which yes. is the great part about Commander. So like that was the last game of Commander you ever play. You got another one lined up right after this one, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> which is the, that that is like the, the highlight about Commander. It's just having fun interactions that you can just play the same deck multiple times. It can do different shit each time. And it can still be fun every time you do it, even though it's something different. Oh, yeah. But we did mention there's a set that's coming out that might be geared towards these type of players. Mm. And that is Commander Legends. Now, I, I'm fairly certain you are pretty familiar with this set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess right off the bat, what are the commanders specifically that you're excited about? So I'm going to go ahead and just get my favorite card out of the way with Kadama of the East Tree. Ooh, I mean, okay, you did say that you liked green, so this math checks out. Yes, so this is a commander, but also a 99 card for me. I have a Goreclaw Terror of Calcisma deck that is also one of my favorite decks. Goreclaw makes Kodama cost four mana instead of six, and the oh. fact that I can put extra stuff onto the battlefield for essentially free is nuts. That is pretty gross, actually. Yeah, it uh definitely is something that whenever you pair it with another commander, it's going to be equally insane. Now, it's going to depend on what you pair it with, but one of the first cards that we were spoiled before the set even was coming out was Alina. Yeah. And yeah. she's the one who gives you the red mana for the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn. Her paired with Kadama just is really gruel overrun. And that's what I plan on doing as far as like making Kodama a commander is pair Kodama with Alina, play big, dumb red and green creatures and smack people in the face. Cause that's my, <laughs> that's my typical gameplay strategy when it comes to command. Oh, see, I like that. That, that is a good application for the partner mechanic. I am an adamant hater of partner. I think partner might be one of the worst mechanics ever. It is definitely something that has caused a stir since it's been released. And I think that overall it has affected the commander for format negatively just because instead of a 99 card deck, you have a 98 card deck. So you're kind of cheating in a sense, but also the aspect of commander where you have a legendary creature one legendary creature what it was based around not yeah. two and i think that's what got got to me about it but partner with these newer creatures i think is a lot more balanced than if you compare it to like 
Vile Smasher and Thrasios and Timna, the overpowered partner commanders, because they create a, I'm not going to say unfun atmosphere. But I don't think they lend themselves to a fun deck. Correct. You always expect something a little heinous. Yeah, it's either- exactly. It's like I've never played against somebody who's playing against like Maelstrom Wanderer as their commander and been like, you know what? This guy's probably playing tribal fun cards. I'm always just like, this is going to be degenerate. This is going to be a bad time. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely do think that they hit the nail on the head with this set, though, with partners. None of them seem overpowered as far as specifically the the partner commanders. There are some strong ones, but nothing that screams, hey, this is absurdly busted. We need to ban this or make a house rule to not play this card. I think and I think that's probably correct. I might just be sitting back like on my grumpy old man throne and being like, I don't like partner because it, it doesn't feel right. And I could be totally wrong with that, but that's just that's still how I'm going to feel. And it was it's for the reason, not for a gameplay reason, but for a flavor reason that I this is supposed to be that legendary creature that is your commander that your deck is supposed to be built around. This dickhead's not supposed to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go be friends with this other asshole <laughs> and, the, and then we're just we're just pals now and that's how the deck works and, yeah but when you you put it into context like that where you use kadama and then the other uh commander that gives you the, all that red mana mm-hmm. and those as like a cohesive strategy makes a lot of sense so from a deck building aspect when you do that it feels a lot better to me like it, it warms my heart that that's something that that you consider when you're doing yeah. that and it makes me reconsider at least a little bit how I feel about partner. I still, I still hate it, but, like, but that's just because I have a hard head, <laughs> but I like how you took that. Yeah. It, the thing that I like about partner is it gives you the ability to take two different legendary creatures who have very different abilities and take the flavor that you like from each of those colors and adapt them to a single deck. I so guess it comes down to like complementary abilities, right? Yeah. Like if you have Kodama and then that red card, those are very complementary ability. And I yes. think that makes it feel a lot better. But when you have like Vile Smasher and then just somebody else that lets you play other colors, that doesn't feel right to me. Maybe that's where I'm that's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah, and I think that's where we get into the distinction between you're not going to see Vile Smasher at a lot of casual tables. Once you see Vile Smasher, Nine times out of 10, it's going to be at a CDH table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every time I sit down and somebody's playing Bio Smasher, I'm like, okay, we have our target for the table, everybody. This is now Arch Enemy, not Commander. Yeah, and that's why I think I like the partners for this set, because they didn't get pushed nearly as much to where, yes, they have some viability in CDH, but overall, a lot of these partners that are in this set are strictly powered to be casual friendly. Yeah, they can get out of control a little bit here and there, but that's only if you let them really get not. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I'm playing, you know, Opus Thief and playing Krom and Timna. You know, you sit down and someone flashes in Notion Thief and then some of the newer cards that are in this set. It's I'm going to play this Sakashima and this Tavesh together and I'm going to make a bunch of thralls and sacrifice stuff and draw some cards, and that's that. You know, it's nothing too overpowered. Yeah, it's nothing that's just going to automatically just kill anybody at the table, regardless of what they do. 
the I mean, the power level is definitely something to consider in that. And I think you are 100% correct where you say where you're saying that the power level of these all of these partners. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of one partner that's just like automatically so good that regardless of what you pair with it, it's just going to be out of this world. Yeah. If you stick to specifically this set, you can partner any of the partner commanders in this set with another one from the set and it's completely fine. Now, once you start putting them with some of the older partners, however, it can lead That's to... That's where it gets shitty. Yeah, because I've already seen tons of other content creators talking about, well, let's pair this new partner with Vile Smasher or Timna or Bruce Tarl or whoever, and we've got an Underworld Breach combo or a, you know, Food Chain combo. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But... As far as just this set specifically, you're not going to see anything too overpowered to where you're not going to be able to play in a casual setting. Which I think is a net positive. And I think that comes down to and also them really taking the design aspect for the limited format into consideration. Yeah, I think as far as limited goes, again, I'm not like huge on limited, but I'm actually super excited to try this and see what silly things can happen. Because I know when it comes to limited... A lot of it can be luck, especially like with the pool that you get. Oh, absolutely. But I think just with the amount of awesome cards that are in the set, every deck is going to be viable. And that's coming at it from like a limited aspect because I play a shitload of limited. I probably play more limited than any other format. And looking at this card from the lens of a limited player, you will have that luck aspect from whatever commanders you open. And there could be a chance where you just get two gross commanders and like those cards will shit on the game. But because you're also having to build your deck around that, there's going to be people who prioritize the powerful commanders. Mm-hmm. But when they do that, they're going to have a worse deck and then vice versa. There's going to be people who prioritize the deck and then just eventually pick up commanders that facilitate that deck. And their commanders are going to suck, but their deck is going to be sick. So if you're sitting down with four people and then there are some mix of those players, that's probably going to be self-corrected. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm actually supposed to go participate with my LGS owner once he gets his pre-release product in. We're not hosting an actual event at the store uh, just because of COVID rules and stuff like that, but... Uh, my LGS owner and myself and a couple of other people are getting together to test the format to see how it is. That way we can hold at home events with people and do some stuff over webcam. Oh, that's actually a killer idea. Yeah. We're, we also, one of the things that we're wanting to do with this set is, and it's a great idea that the LGS owner came up with it is we want to take the set and turn it into a commander cube. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, and then take a lot of the more staple cards that are in the commander format, slot them into the cube, and then just see what things people can build because it's, for me, the better aspect of limited in a cube setting with my favorite format. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how everything pans out. I'm just super excited to see how it Oh, I didn't even think about that, but even just the fact that this is a new way to draft. Mm -hmm. You could just do this with a normal ass cube, just that has at least somewhat of a concentration of legendary creatures. Sure. Maybe you have like a couple extra sleeves laying around and you sleeve in some of these partners to make it more functional. But 
that is such a cool way to play even just like a proxied vintage cube. One of my close friends and I were actually, we we're brainstorming ideas and we're going to try to build a jumpstart cube where the packs are preceded and then we get all of the cards that are needed for these specific seated jumpstart packs and then make our own packs and then just have that available just to jam. Yeah. This is a super similar idea that's just a new way to play cube, which cube is, I think, arguably the best format in Magic. Yeah, I like the idea of being able to take like these sets that are completely printed for us, sleeve them all up, add a few extra cards here and there, and just turn them into a cube and then have it available for you know your friends or your local game shop for people to be able to come in and just like, hey, let's jam some commander cube or vintage cube whatever it is like cube in general is just fun i know i sound not huge on limited but if it's a cube yeah i'm always down oh hell yeah the vintage cube is out on magic online right now and i am disgusted at myself that i have not found time to play it yet through all of my other bullshit that i'm doing right now i need to get on my shit because vintage cube is just that's top tier magic right there god damn vintage cube is so sick but this would be an awesome thing to incorporate into a cube like that. Hell, you could even do like, like you said, just build this and then just throw in a couple just insane cards. Because yeah. there's even like some sub archetypes in this, right? In oh, this yeah. set, at least for limited. Yeah, because you, so when you look at it, you've got your pirates, you've got your elves. Uh, there's even the ability to build like a black white tokens deck. You've got spells matter. Just tons that you can build in here. And this set alone, though, gives you the ability to create that good cube environment. But if you take this and combine it with a bunch of the commander product from the past, you can just do some ridiculous thing. Hell yeah. And just taking mechanics, like maybe not even doing like the tribal thing, like with the pirates and the elves, you could even just take just generically good mechanics for commander, like a populate theme a cascade theme which cascades already in this just mechanics that are overwhelmingly better in commander than anything else in building that cube of a commander focused draft experience but with these mechanics that would be out of the world oh yeah yeah well it, besides the commanders are there any other cards maybe not as commanders but cards specifically that you're excited about from this okay so I was actually listening to your all's cast today, uh, reviewing this card. Apex Devastator. <laughs> oh, man. This card is big, dumb creature if I've ever seen one. And I <laughs> love it. Green player would say he likes Apex Devastator. <laughs> oh, boy. And I just built an Animar deck so I can make this thing cost double green and get mm. four Cascade triggers. Let's go. I will take this card all day. Yeah, just, yeah, getting double green and then getting four cards with 10 or less converted mana cost. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I don't even care that it's a vanilla. It doesn't even need keywords. I'm just going to attack somebody and make them chump forever. Oh my God, yeah, fuck a keyword. It says cascade, 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 cascade. That's all it needs to say. Yeah, that's definitely one that pops out to me uh, whenever I first see it. I love the court cycle. The court cycle is great. The green one's obviously my favorite. Yeah, weird. The, the green one would be your favorite. I know, right? I, I like them all, gross, though. though. I like them all. Um, I do have to say that what there's a white card in this set that I absolutely love. Wait, there's white cards in this set? I know, right? When did they put those in? <laughs> we must have missed those during our set review. 
So this card, whenever I first saw it, I didn't know how to feel about it at first, but the more that I think about it, I, I just love it. So Promise of Tomorrow is the enchantment for two and a white. Whenever a creature you control dies, you exile it. At the beginning of each end step, if you control no creatures, sacrifice Promise of Tomorrow and return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under your control. So to me, this gives white the ability to protect their creatures, especially if you're running a creature-based strategy like Audric or you're running Boros or, you know, something that isn't running the more powerful colors in Commander. You've got this ability to protect your creatures from board wipes, or you can just board wipe on your own and be like, well, I'm going to get rid of all, all these other creatures on the battlefield, bring my stuff back, and I'm just going to swing out and kill everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's actually a really good point, because... When I saw this card, the first thing that I thought, just looking at it, is that, oh, this is the budget player's version of Teferi's Protection. Yeah. Which, yeah, that seems just, that comparison right there is fine with me. Even if it's worse than Teferi's Protection, it's not a gazillion dollars, like Teferi's Protection. Yeah, and I mean, you can even just run them both in the same deck. Oh yeah, redundant copies of this effect is never going to be a bad thing. Continuing with the white cards, though, I do want to talk about one more, and it's probably one of my favorite cards out of the set <coughs> as a whole is Acroma's Will. This card's fucking nuts. Ooh, I do like this card. So it's an instant for four mana, so three and a white. Choose one if you control a commander as you cast this. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both. Creatures you control gain Flying, Vigilance, and Double Strike until end of turn. Creatures you control gain Lifelink, Indestructible, and Protection from all colors until end of turn. What the fuck? Yeah, that does a lot of shit. This card's amazing in white. That does some things and some stuff. It does. Like, this is... I know that the a lot of the other white cards that are in this set aren't as powerful, but, like, I think this is one that they they hit the nail on the head. Like, this card, it feels like it's a powerful white card compared to the other white cards. Uh, in the context of this set, I think you're 100% correct. Compared to yes. the other cards in the set, I, d I think this is, doesn't even crack top 10 on the powerful cards in this set, but I think this is easily in top three best white cards in the set. Yeah. It, compared to the other cards in the set as a whole, no, it doesn't definitely doesn't hit the mark. But if we're speaking specifically just to the white cards in general, this is probably one of, one of the best white cards. Oh, in you're the set. absolutely correct. I think maybe like a Chrome is probably better than it. And then probably triumphant reckoning is probably better. Yeah. My, my only problem with triumphant reckoning is why didn't they put fucking creatures on there? Oh, because they couldn't make a white card too good. I'm pretty sure is the answer. To that. <laughs> they couldn't give me everything that I wanted. They had to fuck me somehow. <laughs> like you've got a, a three colored an eerie ultimatum that lets you get all permanents with different names back from your graveyard out of Ikoria. Why can't you give white just the ability to get everything back? Cause white has the ability to bring stuff back from the graveyard. Granted, there's not a whole lot of it, but like just let them revive yard. Like the flavor is on point. They're bringing stuff back from the dead. Oh yeah. One of the original reanimation spells is it's an alpha. Like this is definitely a white ability. They could have definitely put creatures on this. And like you said, they gave a Coria eerie ultimatum, which is strictly better than this card. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the card. If you're going for those specific strategies, I'm just so sad that this doesn't have creatures on it. Cause it could have easily had creatures because it, it this is the commander set. Yeah. The only it, time you're ever going to pay nine mana for anything is in commander. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's no other format where you're just gonna be like, I'm gonna tap nine mana and do something. That just doesn't happen. It's it's definitely something that I think they could have improved on as far as like the card design, but I think with what they gave us, we're just gonna have to accept it until they start giving us these more powerful white cards. Cause I I don't play white a whole lot in Commander, uh, other than, you know, smothering tithe, swords to plowshares, stuff like that. But I want to build a white based deck, but I need those cards to give me the ability to be able to compete with the other people at the shop. Yeah, weird that you're just like, I want to build white, but I also need it to not suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's not easy, not easy at all. There was one white commander deck that I played and I only played it on Magic Online and it was for like the half of a month where I played in the 1v1 competitive commander rooms mm -hmm. and I played mono white Thalia and the deck was literally just prison and just make sure your opponent doesn't do anything. They stick Thalia on turn two and then just whittle away with Thalia. It works. Uh, I mean, it gets the job done when your opponent's just trying to like do storm. But like, if you would ever take that, like I would take that deck to the commander rooms, like the four player ones. And sure, that just that gets people to stop and really slow down their strategy for the first like six or seven turns. But the second they get their footing, the first person they remember after they play their first creature is the guy that made them not play that creature until turn seven and then they kill you immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's and that is not a way to have fun at a commander table when you're just like, oh, you all can't play until uh, 25 minutes from now, because in 25 minutes, they're going to remember and they're going to kill you real fucking fast. Oh, yeah. But you mentioned one card in specific, Smothering Tides. There's two cards specifically that I wanted to ask your opinion. One of them is Hall Breacher. Oh, man. So this card, I was actually expecting this question. So. Hull Breacher is significantly better than Smothering Tithe. Thank you. Oh my God. I didn't know if I was just fucking crazy or if people I was talking to were just crazy. Hull Breacher's nuts. This card is, is insane. And it's strictly better, in my opinion, than Narset Parterville's because Narset allows them to draw one card. Hull Breacher doesn't let them draw anything, especially if you're casting a will on your turn. You just make treasures. Oh, that's true. Like if you make them draw cards on your turn, it's only the first card they draw in their draw step. Yes. That is so gross. Yeah. So it's the thing with Hull Breacher. And I know the other card you're going to speak to. Uh, I'll elaborate more on it when we get to it. But it's this is the card that I think is going to be the most problematic out of the set because this is one that's going to appeal more to the casual group as opposed to just the cedh group there's a couple of other cards that will appeal more so just to cedh but when you go to a casual commander table everyone's wanting to draw cards Absolutely. everyone's everyone's going to play spells that lets them draw cards hull breacher will be a million times more oppressive in a casual setting than the other cards that we're probably going to talk about soon Oh, yeah, it's like smothering tides on steroids. It's all breach. Yeah, it's always it, going to be a problem because it doesn't matter what color you're in unless you're in mono white. You're going to be drawing cards at least once or twice a turn or on somebody else's turn. So if you don't have the removal to deal with this card, then 
your extra draws are just fueling another player. Yeah, like it's Smothering Tides and Rhystic Study have this thing where, and this is why I don't like either of those cards, at least from a player aspect, from me playing them. It doesn't stop anybody from doing anything. It just gives you and everybody at the table more work. Because every time they cast something or they draw a card, you have to be like, oh, you're going to pay? You're going to pay for that? No, okay, I'm going to do a thing. Oh, wait, no, you're going to pay for that one? Okay, okay, I'm going to do the thing. Hall Breacher is the opposite of that. It says, I'm going to play this thing, and now the work is on you to deal with this, and if you don't deal with it, I'm just going to sit back and collect these riches. Yeah, they don't even have the option to pay for things, so it's just, it's there, it's happening. Kill the fucking thing, or I'm going to get the thing, and you're not going to be able to do the thing. Those are your options. Yes. Here, as a second tier to that one, because you mentioned the fact that this is going to be more of a uh, regular everyday commander table card opposition agent i feel like that is more of a cedh card i also think that that card is just good in commander and bad everywhere else yeah so i 100 percent believe that opposition agent is the most meta dependent card people have been losing their minds over this card but if your meta doesn't play tutors this card's fucking useless absolutely if you are playing CDH, yeah, jam this in every fucking black X deck you have. But, for example, if I go to my LGS, there's maybe two people out of the entire store that run tutors. If I go to the store that I play in Ironton with Destroy Target Permanent and my co-host, there's more tutors there. It might be more relevant, but it's not going to make near as an impact in, unless I'm playing a CDH table. This card is great but it's not going to make a huge impact in casual. My thing is with Opposition Agent and why I think it's such a good card and why I love it so much is it feels like it's the great equalizer. Because in that scenario that you were saying, that first shop that you're playing at where there's only a couple people with tutors, it really brings them down to the level of everybody else who's not playing them. Yeah. So it is the great equalizer in that sense. And then it also has that impact in the CEH uh, crowd because you can be the person that plays this. Everybody else is shut down from that. And then you can still do your thing and then combo off and kill people. That's not the world where I'm living at, but I can see where that has a lot of application. Yeah, it, it definitely has its applications in this the CEDH world. It will be more of a menace there just due to the nature of the format. Because there's every deck's running tutors to get this and that. I need to get my demonic consultation or my... Fast's Oracle, Food Chain, whatever it may be. But it can help police casual tables, especially if you have the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, for lack of a better word, the asshole that comes yeah, the to the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that comes to the table running. I'm going to play all the tutors so I can find my combo first and kill this casual table as fast as I can. Like it can help police that. No, yeah, but I believe I, the official term for that is the dickhead. So yeah, you're you're 100% correct. Asshole and dickhead are pretty, pretty, pretty easily exchangeable. But it it will help police that in a sense. It's something that I still don't think that will make as big, as big of an impact in casual though, because people are overhyping it for the casual meta in my area, but you all don't run tutors. So this isn't going to do anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like opposition agent exists, but also... Since I started playing Commander, I have been Opposition Agent because I've just been verbally berating all of the people that I play with that tutors are bad for the format, so they just don't play tutors anymore. I've been Opposition Agent for at least the past two or three years. 
they, they didn't need to print a card with me on. <laughs> but now the last one, let's talk about the what I'm going to assume is the crown jewel of this format, and 100% fucking pun intended with that. Jeweled Lotus. Oh, this. All right. I'm going to get this out of the way and say this card is literal trash in casual. If you play it in casual, I will laugh at you. If you play yeah. it in CDH, it's different. Turn one Goto sounds fucking amazing. Turn one Urza sounds fucking amazing. But do not play this card in a casual setting because I will literally just Vandal Blast it so you can't use it. Yeah, I would destroy this just out of principle because the card is bad. I think this card is actually terrible. This card will undoubtedly see tons of play in CDH. But the the spectrum from which this card is good and this is bad is humongous. You've oh, yeah, got, the floor and the ceiling are in two different stratospheres. You've got very specific commanders in CDH that love this card. You can use it the same way in casual, but if you do, everyone's just going to target the hell out of you and you're going to die first. So it's don't play this card and don't get targeted in casual. And then in CDH, play this card and try to win a turn faster. That's literally all this card is. And my thing is, too, if you're playing this in CEDH, it only really fits in the CEDH decks where the commander is, one, essential to the win condition, and two, between three and four mana. No more, no less. Uh, I agree. It can, it has some very small situations to where you can use it for commanders at a higher CMC. So for example, Goto, again, you have to be living a magical Christmas land for it to work, but you can cast a turn one Goto and a potentially win on turn one. But again, you have to have the nut hand to be able to win on that turn one. That's never going to happen. Oh yeah. Not in a million years. And that's why that card's probably just better off being Honestly, it's probably better off just being a basic land in your deck. Yeah, this card is strictly worse than Mana Crypt or Soul Ring will ever be. Oh yeah, Mana Crypt and Soul Ring are just two of the best cards in Magic, or in at least Commander. And the, I don't, they're never going to print anything that changes. I like, the thing that I like the most about this card is the art. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This is, and this is something that I haven't really talked about, which is usually something I harp up on big but I only think there's one card that I really raved about the art. The art in general, though, in this set is phenomenal. Oh, 100% agree. Because, like, 100%. I'm a big art guy. If a card has bad art, I will just not play it be out of principle. And if a card has good art and it's an awful card, I will play it out of principle. <laughs> but, yeah, overwhelmingly, this set has such great art and there's so much flavor within the art and the cards itself. Yeah, that that's like one of the aspects of magic that I think people forget. Yes, it's a game and we're here to play, but you look at the artwork on a lot of these cards and then you go find like the the full images of these like they're absolutely breathtaking. A lot of these are like I found the uh, the bigger version of the profane transfusion the other day, like. That's a good one. Holy crap. Like is so good. And I just people who play this game need to learn not only to appreciate the gameplay and the community aspect, but the artists who help create these cards. Absolutely. I, I'm like I said, I'm huge on art and anybody who's listening knows that I'm I'm a sucker for art. And if a set puts this much time and effort into making the art fit with the cards, 
it's just auto win for me. Now, do you have a favorite art from the set? Ooh, if I had to pick one, oh man, this is actually, this is a rough. Yeah, asking the hard-hitting questions. That's what so the Magic Shock Boys do. Uh, honestly, so if I had to pick a favorite art, and it's going to seem very cliche, I love the Kamal Heart of Krosa art. Kamal is one of my favorite lore characters, and it's not super extravagant, but he's just standing there holding the sword like he's about ready to just fuck shit up. I can get down with that, though, because, like, you have good reason for it. And it's just, it portrays a very powerful character in the way that he needs to be portrayed and gives me that sense of, I feel like this card is strong not even based on the text, just based on the way that it's being portrayed in the... Oh, yeah, like you didn't even need to read the card to know that this guy is here to wreck face. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is an outstanding. I think the other one that hits the mark for me, though, is Body of Knowledge. Ooh, that's a good one, that blue card with the card draw. Yes, that card art is fantastic. I have to go look at that card art. Oh, yeah, and it's got like the... It's like the illusion thing with the... With the sphere as its head? Yeah. yeah. It's got a thousand arms. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I could just look at the art from this set. All. Absolutely. There's, yeah, this art just kicks ass in this set. And I'm so happy that they did not drop the ball. Even for some cards that, like, I, I know that they're significant character pieces, but I'm just not familiar with the lore. The fact that they got art, and I feel like the art is really, really, really good, even though I don't know the background. That warms my heart for the people who are actually invested in those characters. The Vorthos being able to see some of the life, like Tavesh coming a lot to life, seeing the art on the card, it's just great. And like we've seen Jessica before, but seeing her back to her original form, oh man. Oh, so badass. Yeah, so shout out to Art. Art. All right, are there any other cards in this set that you want to uh, give a quick touch on before we move on? Well, I would like to just talk about one little card, and it's not because it's super fantastic. It's just because I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's a white card. It is a 1-1 one, one with partner. Oh, yeah. Well, you had it's, me a white card, but go on. It's Kelleth Sunmane Familiar, one and a white. Whenever a commander you control attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. I only love this card because it's a horse and it, <laughs> I love plus one, plus one counter decks. And it just, I immediately saw it and I was like, I really want to pair this with one of the old partner commanders, which is Rayhan. I just, I love the idea of just getting in early and smacking someone with a horse. That's <laughs> It's very appealing to me. I love that so much. And also just look at that horse. It's majestic. majestic. I would say that horse <laughs> looks amazing. Also, this is our, this is our horse commander, right? Like, we don't have a legendary. No, we, I don't think we have a Larry horse. We have some unicorns, but oh, no, 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 no legendary horses. I was thinking Crested Sunmare, but it is not a legendary. Yeah, of course, because that card, why would that ever be legendary? It only just fits exactly to what you would want. I know, right? <laughs> but we finally have our horse commander that we've all been waiting. I'm also salty that we did get a spirit le that's legendary that, like, makes sense, but it's not actually, like, a good commander, so I'm kind of salty about that. The only thing I wanted out of the set was an Esper colored spirit commander yeah but no i don't get good white cards and i don't get the spirit commander so fucking thanks wizards thanks again 
Commander Legends in like 10 years, we'll get one. Oh yeah, and Commander Legends 45, that's when I'll get my my very sought after spirit legend that actually and, does something cool. And then white will get card draw. Oh my God. If by then they're going to add another color to magic and then that color is going to become better than white and white is still going to suck shit. <laughs> it's, it's a lonely path of the white mage, but <laughs> it's the path that I'm on. All right, dude. Well, there is only one more thing that we do in these episodes. Oh yeah. I, are you familiar with uh, accumulated knowledge? Oh, you are familiar. So that means you know exactly what's going on. Oh, yeah. Well, for anybody out there who is not familiar, to end every episode, we play a little game called accumulated knowledge. And that is where we go to the Scryfall website and we hit a random card button. A random card pops up and I am going to ask the name of that card. Oni is going to have to give me the mana cost of that card. If he gets it right, he gets a point. And if he doesn't, um, no, he's, he just can't play commander ever again. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's the rules. <laughs> I, I guess I, I will. I, I will die here then, I guess. <laughs> this is where we, you lay down your sword. <laughs> just give up before it starts. I'm going to say as per, I think this is, this is the rules that we play with everybody else. That isn't Matt because Matt has a lizard brain. You're just going to have to get three out of five, right? And you get three hints and the hints can be anything about the card except for its mana cost. All right, let's do this. All right. So you are ready for your first card. Yes, sir. Oh, I think you actually might get this one. Your first card is pernicious deed. Oh, this is uh, this is a card. I play a lot. I yeah, love this card. It's a green card and it is particularly good in commander. I figured this would be right up your alley. Yeah. Enchantment one green and a black final answer that is 100 percent correct oh boy now can you tell me what it does <sighs> i'm trying to remember the activated ability on it but i believe it's x and you destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost x or less you know what i'm gonna give it to you I'm, i mean i'm just giving out like just hypothetical bonus points because this is whose land is in any way and the points actually don't matter but yeah it is yeah x sacrifice pernicious deed destroy each artifact creature enchantment with converted mana mm. cost because this existed before Planeswalkers. And they could say yeah. just like, you know, <clears throat> on land permanence, they had to be all wordy on that. Yeah, I should know this better because I played in Moldrotha and I just played over and over again from the graveyard. Mm. Moldrotha, one of my all-time most hated commanders because it's so good. <laughs> but you definitely got that one. Are you ready for your next one? Now this one, another commander card, I think probably less popular than Pernicious Deed. It is hunted dragon so it's a dragon so it makes me think that it's red for some reason i'm going to like hunted troll which was the one that gave you other give your opponents creatures oh uh i'm still impressed with the fact that you knew it was a dragon right off the bat um i'm gonna go with three red red three red red is that your final answer yes that is correct Whew. yeah you nailed it and even with the the hunted part, you 100% got it. It is three red red. It is a dragon. It has flying in haste. And it says whenever hunted dragon enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three two two white knight creature tokens with first draft. Yeah, it just immediately reminded me of hunted troll because it's something that's played in Solvala. And I've seen that card. I was like, maybe it's exactly like this card, but. And turns <laughs> out it, it pretty much is. <laughs> 
Wow. So you were two for two. Oh my God. And your next one's a gimme too. You're just immediately win just right off the bat. If you would get this one, I would just revoke your privilege of ever <laughs> play commander ever again. I never get to play commander again if I get this. Yeah. No, this one you're going to get though. It is explosive vegetation. Ex explosive vegetation? Really? Yeah. Wow. Three degree. That is very correct yeah you are getting all of the fucking softballs today my dude they're just the scryfall gods are shining brightly upon you let's just, see if we can go five for five if they just keep giving you just all-star commander cards i think you're guaranteed oh another green card is your next one this one a lot less commander centric it is wall of bramble all of, can i ask what set it's from uh yes would you like its original printing Yes. It is from Alpha. Ooh. I'm going to go one in a green final. One in a green is incorrect. No. <laughs> it is two and a green. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> Classic wall of brambles. It is, if you could believe it or not, a wall. <laughs> and it has one green regenerate and it is a two three. I didn't even know this was a card. <laughs> Yeah, we would. I wouldn't really expect you to know this one. That that one's a weird one. It's always the alpha cards that throw you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, this one is also pretty difficult. This art is out of this world. This art is sick. Your last card is mischievous poltergeist. Mischievous poltergeist. Uh, the past this... is a ghost that haunts you from the moment it exists until the moment you don't. That's killer flavor text from Gerard. That is so good. What was the original print? This was originally printed in Weatherlight. And I will tell you, it has one other printing, and that is sixth edition. I really want to think that it's like a blue black card, but I feel like that's my modern day like magic mind saying this should be more than one color, but it was, it was back in Weatherlight. It shouldn't be more than one color. Yeah, you have your modern day brain to blame for that. Oh, I'll tell you, I'm, this card is also 24 cents. <laughs> as are most weather. That you're 100% correct. Uh, oh, man. I'm just I'm just going to throw out one black mana and two generic. So two and a black. Final answer. Uh, yeah. That is correct. Oh, that was such a good guess. <laughs> oh, classic oh. weather light card. Two and a black mischievous poltergeist is a spirit. It has flying and it says pay one life. Regenerate mischievous poltergeist. I need to look at the art. Now the art on this card. I, let me see if the six. Yeah, the sixth edition and the weather light art are both the same. It is ridiculous. The oh, ghost wow. in it has like this big derpy, like half crescent moon face. So dumb looking. I love it so much. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now that's sweet. I remember this card now. Holy crap. I remember this art. Just like, how could you ever forget this art? This is one of those ones that just you see it and it glues itself to your head. It makes me think of the... Uh the movie Casper because one of the uncles uh, was it Casper's uncle had the super long face or whatever. Yes. Oh my God. You're so right. <laughs> you know what? This probably came out around the same time that Casper, the friendly ghost came out. 
Oh. I'm going to go ahead and say that one was inspired by the other. I don't know which way, but one had to have been inspired by. <laughs> Classic 1997 match of the gathering cards. Can't oh. beat it. Oh, well, four for five. That's not horrible. I think four for five. I think that puts you in first place. Whew. For the I get Kentucky to play boys. commander. I get to play commander again, guys. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I think not only do you get to play commander, you are the best person who's ever played accumulated knowledge from Kentucky. Hey, if you're not the best, you're tied for the best. Hey, I I will gladly take that. Oh yeah. Now you can just walk down the street and just point that in somebody's face. They might not know what the fuck you're talking about, but you can still do it. Doesn't matter if they know or not. I I know how, how much, (laughs) as long as you know, that's the only thing that matters. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Well, as is customary around here, since you are the winner, you get the shout out for the episode. All right. Give a shout out to, the Goblin Traders, Ironton, Ohio. It's one of the ga- one of the shops that I play at. I also want to give a shout out to Kaiju Games in Moorhead, Kentucky. Support your LGSs. Go buy cards from them. That's the reason for my shout out. Go support your local game stores. Hell yeah. So not just only your local game stores, but just mad just local game stores in general. Agreed. If I you... cannot wait till all of this COVID stuff is over. Because I am going to make a field trip down to Kentucky and I am, I need to play commander with all of you jerk offs. Dude, we will 100% accept you and then we will all kill Lane first because that's the way the game goes. Okay, yeah. I mean, that math checks out. I'm, I'm totally on board. <laughs> now that I'm aware of the strategy, we can entirely announce. Hey, it's 100%, it, 100% true. Even in a deck tech primer that James wrote for his Joyra deck the number one rule always kill lane first yeah so everybody out there listening write that down if you're ever playing with anybody named lane it might not be the lane but if it just in case it is take that motherfucker out he's nothing (laughs) but trouble oh man i did have a uh wonderful time and thank you for having me on today it's been a blast hell yeah i mean i've been trying to work you into the the rotation and i'm glad that we finally got around to it Because like I said, I needed to complete my Pokemon card collection of people from Kentucky. You've you've caught them all now. Time to reset the game and catch the shiny versions. Only ones that exist. We we might be. We might be. Everyone else that lives in Kentucky is just a figment of your imagination. Yeah, you like named these local game stores that you go to. But really, it's just like this imaginary place in the center of the woods that you guys just carved a sign out of a fallen tree. (laughs) <laughs> you just got to just go and sit on stumps in a circle and talk about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> this is our local game store, everyone. <laughs> we we play we play our commander games in a field of clovers. What a magical place, Kentucky! <laughs> you guys have all four seasons. You get to play pretend all the time. Best place in the world. Yeah, you don't even have to buy the cards because you guys just make it up as you go. <laughs> Weird how everybody always has turn one soul ring in that place. I know, right? <laughs> Sucked up. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, if that that's your shout out, I will take care of some of our housekeeping that we have to do, which is the Fetch and Shock Twitter at Fetch underscore Shock. If you want to keep track of the podcast, that's the best place to do it. My Twitter at Basic Land Ben. If you want to harass me about bad white cards, at It's Bop is my co-host Twitter who could not be here tonight. So uh, go give him shit for not being here. We also have our Discord. And you can find the link to that in the description of this episode or on our Twitter at Basic Land Bin. And big old shout out to FlipSideGaming.com 
go over to them and use code fetch at checkout when you buy any of your magic sealed or singles you'll get 10 percent off so go save some money all right oni well again thank you so much for jumping in i appreciate it thank Glad you to for, have you around uh, oh yeah man it's been a blast well we'll do it again at some point and that way uh we can bring lane on here at the same time and we can just harass the shit out of him oh <laughs> my god that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> i i also want to do a either like a stream or a video where we all play paper commander like through a spell table or something like with streaming hundred percent down for that. I think we all have the ability to do that now, so we should be good to go. We'll just have to find a day and a time to do it. Well, I'm perpetually free because I do nothing with my life. So we, that's something that definitely needs to get done sooner rather than later. I'm down. Hell yeah, brother. Well, thanks again. And also if you, do, if you don't know the customary uh, yelling that we do, I haven't got, ha I haven't had people yell because Matt has a child now and he obviously can't yell in the face of his, his sleeping child. Yeah. I can do that. Fucking A. Well, <laughs> now that that's settled, we will see you later. See you later, nerd! <laughs>